This is Trey Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching. I pray that it empowers you, encourages you, and motivates you to know God and to be who He's created you to be. If you would, go ahead and turn with me to 1 John chapter 5, if you have your Bible, and then Romans chapter 5. And it's important, you know, I put these notes and stuff together, uh, but it's important that you see it in God's Word, that your eyes are on God's Word, and that our ears are open to hear the voice of God. Because we've got to ask ourselves, for the next little bit, I'm going to ask you to give me your best, okay? And I want you to ask, why are we really here? Why, why do we go to church? Why do we open up God's Word? What, where's our expectation at right now? Are we really expecting to hear the voice of God? Are we ex really expecting to come up in our relationship with God? Or are we just here out of habit? Are we here out of tradition? Or are we here because it's just the right thing to do? Or are we really here to grow? And I hope the, the latter is, is your answer, that you're really here to grow, that you're really here to lift our thinking and our believing. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, it says, Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Now, I've got to pause there for a moment when I read God's Word and ask, is that me? Am I born of God? At some point in time in my life, have I made Jesus Christ my Lord and personal Savior? If, if that is so, then I'm born of God. Say, I'm born of God. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. In the Greek, it says, this is the means to our success, our faith. If I'm going to succeed in my marriage, it's going to be according to faith. If I'm going to succeed financially, it's going to be according to faith. If I'm going to be everything that I'm called to be, it's going to be according to faith. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our what? Our faith. Now, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2, it says that they heard the same gospel that you and I, I hear... But it didn't profit them because they didn't mix faith with it. That we can come to church and we can hear the Word of God, but it's not going to profit our life unless we mix faith with it, unless we're willing to choose to believe what God is saying and then we're willing to do what God is saying to do. I don't want to be a hearer. I want to be a doer of the Word of God. Say, I want to be a doer of the Word of God. When it says that this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith, I've got to ask myself, how am I doing? Am I overcoming? Am I, am I growing in my relationship with God? Or am I at the same place I'm at five years ago? Am I at the same place I'm at ten years ago? Because if I'm at the same place I was five years ago, ten years ago, then I'm not doing something right. Because God's character and nature is always moving forward. He's always growing. He's always expanding. And He's in us. So He doesn't change whenever He comes on the inside of us. So growth and expansion should be a natural process that, okay, things are, we're, we're lifting our thinking. We're lifting our believing. Our life is changing because we're not only hearing, but we're also doing. Romans chapter 5, verse 17. Say, I'm a doer of the Word of God. It says, For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Now, I want, I want us to look at that again. Much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign. Say, will reign. Will reign in this life through one man, Jesus Christ. Will reign. Will reign. Not might reign, will reign. Now the word reign there, it means to um, have, have authority. It means to rule over. So in the Amplified it says we will rule and reign in this life as kings through one man, Jesus Christ. We will rule and reign in this life. Are we ruling and reigning? We've got to ask ourselves... Can I come up in, in my life, can I come up in my ability to rule and reign? We can, right? As we travel and we see the body of Christ, it's not right the defeated mindset that most Christians live in. It's not right the depression and oppression and the bondage that we continue to live in. We are designed by Almighty God to rule and reign. Say rule and reign. Rule and reign, not in heaven, here, there's going to be plenty. We're going to rule and reign forever in heaven, right? But He wants us to rule and reign here in this life through one man, Jesus Christ. Rule and reign. Say, I rule and reign. Now, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And if that's different for your thinking, because we've had thousands of years of unbelieving teaching in the church, convincing Christians that they're unworthy, they're worms, they're no good, they shouldn't expect anything. 
But God says we should rule and reign in this life through one man, Jesus Christ. Romans 2, 4 says it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. The goodness of God. He's good and He's good all the time. It's good to be healed. It's good to be delivered. It's good to prosper. It's good to increase. It's good to overcome. It's good to conquer. It's good. Say it's good. He said it is the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. So go with me to Psalms chapter 8. Now, you're believing God with me tonight, right? Because in order for us to go to new levels, we've got to eat on new levels. We've got to hear on new levels. We've got we've to be willing to connect our faith with God's Word in order for us to come up, right? So in Psalms chapter 8, what you have the psalmist here, and he's just, he's worshiping God, and he's, he's looking at all the creation of God. And in verse 3, Psalms 8 verse 3, he says, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and stars which you have ordained, what is man that you're mindful of him? And the son of man that you visit him? What is, what is man that you're mindful of him? He's saying, you know, I see the moon, I see the stars, I see the, the whales, I see the water, I see the elephant, I see the giraffes, I see everything that you're doing and everything that you're, you're making, and, and, and I'm not as big as the elephant, and I'm not as powerful as the ocean. I mean, you ever been in the ocean? We was there over in Hawaii back in March, and I mean, this wave just took me up and stuck me right on my head, and I had no power against the thing. I mean, that, and he's saying, what, what is man? against all of this creation. I mean, it's so powerful and so mighty. And for so long, people have tried to minimize the significance of man. Scientists try to, to minimize the importance of man. The enemy wants to minimize the importance of man. And man is a big deal to God. Men and women are a big deal to God. They are important to God. You know that you're important to God. He says, what is, what is man that you're mindful of him? Let's keep going. Verse 5, he says, for you have made him a little lower than the angels. Now, in, in the Hebrew, that word angels is the word Elohim, which is the word God. So I don't know why the translators translated it angels, because in the actual translation, it's Elohim, which is God. It says that he made you a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. So... People say all the time, well, it would just be so cool to be an angel. Why would you want to be an angel? That would be a demotion for us. Angels are created by God to minister for us as, as heirs of salvation. Romans 1.14. It says that angels hearken to the word of God that comes out of our mouth. Psalms 103 uh, verse 20. That, that angels operate for us. They serve us. They protect us. Angels aren't above us. Angels, it's God and then us and then angels underneath us. It says, and you can hear, hear him worshiping, hear him just praising God for how powerful God is, but then he pauses and he's like, God, what, really, what is man to you? And he goes on in verse 5, it says, you've made him a little lower than the, than the angels and you have crowned him with glory and honor. The word crown there means you've given him authority. The word crown there means you've given him leadership. The word crown there means you've given him dominion. It says you've crowned him with glory. The word glory there means weight. The word glory means goodness, that, that you've given him this authority and it's, he's supposed to have some weight upon the earth. It means goodness. And it says that you've crowned him with glory and honor. Honor is beauty and excellence that we're supposed to, to have an excellent spirit about us. Excellence is simply us doing the best that we can in the natural, then expecting God to take us beyond that. He says, God, you're so mindful. Men are so important to you that you give them authority. Men are so important to you. You know, in Isaiah, it talks about how, how a mom, and, and I can't, this is hard to picture because you wouldn't see very many moms doing this, how a mom could forget her baby. Kind of hard to imagine, but he says, I'll never forget you. He says, your picture is engraved on the palm of my hand. Psalms 139, he says, my thoughts towards you are more than the grains of sand on the seashore. It says that he knows the, the numbers of our hair on our head. If I'll, I'll, I mean, it might take you a little bit longer to count yours, especially yours, you know, but mine, he'd be like, okay, yours is 2,789 and Trey, yours is two. <laughs> Let's go to the next one. <laughs> But it says he knows this. We're important to God. Say, I'm important to God. And he goes on to say, 
In verse 6, you have made him to have dominion over the work of your hands. You've made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You've put all things under his feet. You've made him to have dominion. You've made man to have dominion over the works of your hand. Why do you think there is a desire on the inside of each and every one of us to rise up and to rule and reign because we're created in the image and likeness of God and God himself is the one who put the desire to walk in dominion on this earth? Dominion. Look at the word dominion in the, in the Hebrew. It means to be established as a sovereign kingly ruler, master, governor, responsible for reigning over a designated territory. Now notice that. Responsible for reigning over a designated territory. You know you're called to a certain territory. You're called to a certain sphere of influence. And God is saying, I've made you to have dominion in that area of influence that, that God wants us to develop our gifts and talents and to step into that area of influence because we have a responsibility to be light shining in darkness. We have a responsibility to think different, to believe different, to talk different, to live different. He says, I have made man a little bit lower than God and I have given you authority and I've made you to have dominion. What is dominion? Dominion. Established as a sovereign kingly ruler, a master, a governor, responsible, responsible, responsible for reigning over a designated territory. You are responsible to reign over a designated territory. Are, are we ruling and reigning to the degree that God expects us to? No. We can come up. Why would God be having us talk about this? Why would God be sharing this with us? Because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. He's wanting us to lift our thinking, lift our believing, lift our expectation, to lift our living, right? To rule and reign in this life through one man, Jesus Christ. Say, he, He's made me to have dominion. Now go to Genesis chapter 1. Now we're going to lay some groundwork here and then we're going to bring, we're going to piece some things together here. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 26... It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them have what? Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. Verse 27, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them, and God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. And if you didn't get it the first time, he says, And to have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves upon the earth. God himself created you and I in His image. The word image in the Hebrew means the true sustenance. It means the exact duplicate. It means the, the nature of God. He says, I made you in my image and in our likeness. The word likeness in the Hebrew means to function like us, to think like us, to talk like us, to act like us. God wants us to look like us, but act like Him. He says, now why? Why have I created you in my image and in my likeness? It says, for you to have dominion. Say dominion. 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 Right above this in Psalms 115 verses 15 and 16, it says, may you be blessed to the Lord who made heaven and earth. The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. Who has dominion upon the earth? We do. We do. Not, not God. The only time God has a right to rule upon earth is whenever we invite Him in and we come together in agreement with Him. Who did He give dominion to on the earth? When He said, let us make God in our image and in our likeness and let them, let them have dominion. He was transferring the responsibility, the authority, and the dominion to us. He was saying, we're not going to have dominion and authority. Let them have dominion and authority. Out of His love, He said, I created you as my exact duplicate, my true sustenance upon the earth, that I want earth to be the same as heaven. Remember what Jesus taught us to pray in Matthew chapter 6, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. Where? On earth as it is in heaven. What was He saying? I want earth to be a reflection of heaven. We've been spending all of our time trying to get to heaven and getting to heaven and spending eternity with God. It's very important, but God is saying, you're, you're designed to live here. Don't pray to go to heaven. Pray to bring heaven to earth. Amen. But we've got to understand, who did God give dominion to? Us. But have we been thinking like we have dominion, talking like we have dominion, living like we have dominion? 
No. So we've got to go back to the basics. Okay, God created me. Say me. In his image and in his likeness for me to have dominion. In my designated territory, businessmen, in your designated territory, men and women in our designated territory. Now, I don't have dominion and authority at your house. I wouldn't show up at your house and start naming your kids. I wouldn't show up at your house and start naming your dog. Yep, I think that dog's name going to be Ship. What would you tell me? Yeah, you better hang on, buddy. <laughs> Why? Because I don't have dominion and authority there. You do. Just like in Genesis chapter 2. You see, God, Genesis chapter 1, everything that God made, it was good, right? Say it's good. good. It was good. He got to man, and it was very good. He go into Genesis chapter 2, he creates the Garden of Eden, and then he places man in the garden, and he gave Adam dominion and authority. And notice in, in verse 19, I don't know where it is here, but in Genesis 2, 19, maybe it's on the next page there, page 4. Out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all the cattle, the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. What was he doing? He was exercising the authority. God didn't interrupt him and say, Adam, you know, you did good on the buzzard, but when it come to the draft, I mean, you messed that one up. No, I'm going to take over from here. No, he didn't do that. Why? Because he really gave him dominion. He really gave him authority. He really gave him responsibility to name all the animals. Who did God give dominion and authority to? Us. Mankind. Right? He made us in his likeness and in his image. And he said, you have dominion. So who did he give dominion to? Us. Mankind. Right? Now, let's fast forward a little bit. Let's look at Luke chapter 4. And this is the, the story where Jesus is tempted in the wilderness by Satan. You've probably read that story, right? He is baptized. He come up. He's led by the Spirit of God into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. And he was tempted in every regard like you and I are tempted in life. And in verse 5 and 6, the devil taking him up on a high mountain showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, All this authority I will give you and their glory. For this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. In the Amplified, it says, The devil took him up to a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the habitable world in a moment of time, in the twinkling of an eye. And he said to him, To you I will give all this power and authority and their glory and all their magnificence and excellence and preeminence and dignity and grace. For it has been turned over to me, and I give it to whomever I will. Now, I thought God gave... Adam, dominion and authority. But here you see the devil saying, I have the authority and I'll give it to whoever I wish. Was that really a temptation? Yeah, that was a temptation to Jesus or it wouldn't have been in, in the wilderness right here. It was a temptation. He says, I've got the power and I've got the authority. Well, where did he get the power and authority? If God gave it to Adam in the very beginning and now you see Satan saying, I give it to whoever I wish... Let's go on and see how Jesus dealt with this temptation. Verse 7. He says, Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord God, and him only shall you serve. Notice how Jesus dealt with temptation. See, temptation is not a sin. It's what we do with temptation that determines whether it's a sin or not. Notice how when he was tempted... He said, you get behind me, Satan. It is written. It is written. It is written. Jesus shows us how to deal with temptation, shows us how to deal with the enemy by the word of God coming out of our mouth. Now, if Adam would have done this in the Garden of Eden, whenever Eve ate of the fruit and she offered it to him, if he would have stepped up and dealt with the devil the same way, saying, no, it is written, and this is what God said, because that was his responsibility to hear from God and declare the vision and the purpose to the family, but he didn't. It would be totally different now. But Jesus says, this is how you deal with temptation. So I want to pause here just for a moment. When it comes to temptation, don't jack around with temptation. This is how we deal with temptation, whether you've been delivered, whether you've never had to deal with anything. But if it's alcohol, if it's drugs, if it's smoking, if it's pornography, if it's messing around, when the temptation comes, as long as you live on this earth, you're going to be tempted. Temptation is going to come, but what are you going to do with it? It is written. 
Don't you jack around. When I travel and stuff and I go into hotel rooms, I don't mess around. I give the devil no place and I put things in its place before they ever happen. When we go into towns and stuff where we've walked out of stuff and been delivered from stuff, we take dominion and authority over that area before we ever get there. You listen to me, Dale. You walk into a place and let's say you've dealt with drugs before or, or you walk in and it's smoking or whatever it is and next thing you know you're tasting it in your mouth or you hear a song and it takes you back to a soulless issue and a time that you were doing stuff and it releases chemicals and stuff in your body and you're sensing it and tasting it. You're even feeling it. Do you just sit there and just, oh, 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 what do I do? Oh, oh, yeah. Well, that's the way you get your tail kicked and you end up right back in the same bondage God set you free from. You take dominion and authority over it and you say it is written. You listen to me, devil. These eyes are pure eyes. These ears are pure ears. This heart is pure. This body is a temple of the Spirit of God. Drugs, you have no power and authority over me. Pornography, you have no power and authority over me. Any addictions, you have no power and authority over me. Don't you sit there and jack with that thing. You take dominion and authority and you let it know it is written. But you've got to open your mouth. You can't sit there and do mental gymnastics going back and forth thinking, oh, I'm going to beat this. No, it will beat you. How do I deal with temptation? We open our mouth and put it in its place. It is written. So here, Jesus is being tempted and He says, I will worship Him and Him only. What's He saying? Father, You are my source and You are my strength and I'm not going to bow to anything or anybody. You are almighty. You are my healer. You are my deliverer. You are my protector. You are my guider. You are my provider. You are everything. I will worship you and you only. And he reconnects to his source that gives him strength to keep walking free from the temptations. Are you with me? So you see Adam in the very beginning, God gave him dominion and authority, correct? Here in Luke chapter 4, you see Satan has dominion and authority. And he says, I'm going to give it to whoever I wish. Where did he get that dominion and authority? Go with me to Romans chapter 5. Now what makes this... In Genesis chapter 3 verses 1 through 6, 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 14, it talks about how Eve was deceived, but Adam wasn't. Adam knew exactly what he was doing whenever he bowed his knee to the enemy. And that's what made it such a detrimental thing is that he knew that if he, whenever he, he ate of that fruit, he was going against the word and the will of God. That's when he committed high treason against God. He betrayed God and whenever he sinned, he gave that dominion and authority over to Satan. See, God wants us to rule and reign. Right? Whenever he gave Adam the dominion and authority, his heart and his motive, it says, you be fruitful, you multiply, you replenish the earth, you subdue it. But when he gave that dominion and authority over to Satan, what was his heart and motive? To kill, steal, and destroy. God's motive is for us to walk in dominion and authority, and the fruit of that is going to be life and life more abundantly. When Satan has a dominion and authority, it's going to be kill, stealing, and destroying. Is there a lot of killing, stealing, and destroying upon this planet? You better believe there is. Why? Because 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says, Satan is the little g-god of this world. Where did he get the authority? Not from God. He got it from Adam. God gave the authority and dominion to Adam, and when Adam sinned, he gave the dominion and authority that was supposed to be man's to Satan. Romans chapter 5. It says, For if because of one man's trespass, lapse, I'm on page 6 here in the notes if you're wondering where I'm at. Where, where, where did, did Satan get this authority? Verse, verse 17, page 6. Romans chapter 5, verse 17, it says, For if because of one man's trespass, lapse, offense, death reigned through that one, much more surely will those who receive God's overflowing grace, His unmerited favor, and life through the one man, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. I want to read it again. For if because of one man's trespass, lapse, offense, death reigned. Say death reigned. Death reigned through that one. What's he talking about? When Adam... Sinned, it said death reigned. Romans chapter 3, verse 23, it says, for, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The word sin means to miss the mark. Like if I have a big bullseye and I'm going to shoot an arrow at it, when I shoot the arrow, I miss the mark. So Adam had that intimate relationship with God. You know Adam wasn't stupid. 
He wasn't this going around, ugh, ugh, him and Eve, ugh, ugh, baby, ugh, ugh. No, they were brilliant. You understand that God would come down and fellowship with them in the cool of the day and He would explain to them how He, how he did the galaxies and how He created things and they got it. They were sharp. They, were, they had the mind of God. They had such an intimate relationship. But Adam, when he sinned, he missed the mark. And, and the Bible says the wages of that sin are death. That means separation. So when he sinned, he missed the mark and he was separated from God. It said now death, separation passed upon all mankind says, by this one man's decision, this lapse, this offense, death reigned. In other words, separation reigned. Death reigned through the whole earth. Say it reigned. Amen. Keep going here. It says, death reigned through that one. Much more surely will those who receive God's overflowing... Much, notice that. Much more surely will those who receive God's overflowing grace, unmerited favor, and the free gift of righteousness, much more surely will those, will those who receive God's overflowing grace. Have you received God's overflowing grace? And the free gift of righteousness, putting them in a right standing with Himself, reign as kings in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. So He's saying... now now. Grace provides the opportunity for you and I to walk in relationship with God. Everything that, that God we see in God's Word, it is provided by grace, but we take it by faith. So Ephesians 2, 8, for by grace are we saved through faith. So grace, I want you to picture this. This is how God explained it to me years ago. He says, grace is my extension towards you, but it's your faith that grabs my hand and brings you into relationship with me. Grace is always extended. It's the ability, God's supernatural ability extended towards us for us to do His Word, for us to live His Word, for us to walk in relationship with God, for us to be everything God's called and created us to be. So grace, those who have received His grace, has received His extension of His supernatural ability through Jesus, and when you did this, you received the gift of righteousness. Righteousness means right standing with God. When we receive Jesus, we are made right. We are put in right standing with God. Righteousness means I have the ability to stand in the presence of God without any sense of guilt, fear, condemnation, or any sense of the sin. I'm made righteous, not because of what I did, but because of what Jesus did. And I, when I receive Jesus, I receive this overflowing grace. The overflowing grace is meaning that there's so much grace rolling your way that it doesn't matter what sin that you've been entangled in, His grace is much more powerful. His ability is much more powerful. He's saying, I don't care how addicted you are, my grace is much more powerful. My overflowing grace, my overflowing ability will take you from where you're at to where God wants you to be. And that's in right standing with God. So he says, the person, he says, yeah, death reigned. But much more, much more. Even though death reigned, it's not bigger, it's not more powerful, it's not greater than when a person receives the grace of God and the gift of righteousness. He says, this is the person that's going to reign in life, in this life through one man, Jesus Christ. Says, yeah, the power of sin, death reigned. It is powerful, it is there, but it's not more powerful than the grace of God. It's not more powerful than the blood of Jesus. It's not more powerful than the name of Jesus. It's not more powerful than the Spirit of God. And he says, when you receive that grace and you receive the gift, the gift, the gift of righteousness, these are the people who rule and reign in this life through one man, Jesus Christ. So Adam was given the dominion and authority. Adam sinned. When he sinned, he gave that dominion and authority over to Satan. Jesus came, and through Jesus, it says now he makes a way because we're all separated from God. Through Jesus, through that extension of his grace, we come back into relationship with God. We're in right standing with God. He says now rule and reign with that same dominion, that same authority that I gave Adam in the very beginning through one man, Jesus Christ. Are you with me? Now look, look at Jesus. In Luke chapter 4, we just read where he was in the wilderness. He was tempted by Satan. After that, he goes to church. Say he goes to church. He goes to the synagogue and he, he, he opens up where the prophet Isaiah began to declare, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He's anointed me to heal the sick. And he starts 
preaching. He starts reading what Isaiah prophesied about him, and he shuts the book. But the Bible says as he shuts the book while he's teaching, all of a sudden devils start manifesting. Now why? Why would all of a sudden the devil start manifesting when you haven't seen him manifest for all these thousands of years and Jesus shows up, he was baptized, when he comes up out of the water, the heavens open, the Spirit of God descends upon him, he is anointed with the power of God and he gets up and the Bible says they are amazed and astonished at his teaching because it had authority and power. Where did this authority and power come from? The same authority and power that God gave Adam in the very beginning. Now he was showing up a man free from sin, a man in right standing with God, with power and authority, anointed by God. The same anointing that you and I have. And as he's living life, devils start manifesting. And they start calling out, Jesus, Son of God, we know who you are. And he says, you be quiet and you come out of them. Because he wasn't operating as the Son of God. He was operating as the Son of Man. Because most of the time people think, well, yeah, that was Jesus because He was God's Son. He was God's Son, but at this time He wasn't operating as God. He was operating as a man. Colossians 1.15, Hebrews 1.3, it says that Jesus, if you want to see God, you look at Jesus. I want you to picture this. That Jesus is the exact image of the unseen God. It says He's the perfect imprint. If you want to see what God does, look at Jesus. So he's an expression of God, but also Jesus is an example and an expression of you and I free from sin. So not only does he represent God, he represents man. So when you see Jesus operating on the earth, he wasn't operating as God, he was operating as a man anointed by the Spirit of God, the same Spirit that you and I have. Acts chapter 10, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. God doesn't need anointing. He is anointed. But the man, Jesus, needed the anointing just like you and I need the anointing. Look at Philippians chapter 2. Verse 6, it says, Who all those, verses 6 through 8, who although being essentially one with God and in the form of God, possessing the fullness of all the attributes which make God God, do not think this equality with God was a thing to be eagerly grasped or retained, but stripped himself of all the privileges, rightful dignities, so as to assume the guise of a servant, a slave, in that he became like men, notice that he became like men, and was born a human being. And after he had appeared in human form, he abased and humbled himself still further and carried his obedience to the extreme of death, even the death of the cross. So notice how even though he was God, he became a man just like you and I. So when you see Jesus speak to a storm, he was a man anointed by the Spirit of God just like you and I. When you see Jesus speak to a fever and speak to a demon and speak to a tree and speak to a mountain and speak to cancer, he was a man and just like you and I, anointed by the Spirit of God. So you see, Adam had dominion and authority. When Adam sinned, he gave the dominion and authority over to Satan. Jesus shows back up on the scene to take the dominion and authority back because a man lost it, now a man had to get it back. Are you with me? Now look at John chapter 14. He says, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask, the word ask in the Greek is not the word ask. He's not praying here, it's the word demand. So it changes the total scripture right here. It says, whatever you demand in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you demand anything in my name, I will do it. What was he talking about? The same way Jesus ruled and reigned is the same way God wants you and I to rule and reign through one man, Jesus Christ. He gave us his name. He gave us his spirit. He gave us the power of the blood to rule and reign in this life the same way that Jesus ruled and reigned when he walked the earth. Are you with me? Who had dominion and authority in the very beginning? Man did, right? Who gave that dominion and authority over to Satan? 
Adam did, right? Whenever he sinned. But when Jesus showed back up, he says, now much more, much more, much, much more, much more, much more, much more, those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness, they will rule and reign in this life through one man, Jesus Christ. What did Jesus do when a storm rose up? He didn't say, oh, bless God, God's going to teach us something out of this one. But that's what, we laugh at that, but that's what's taught around the world to the body of Christ. When a, when, when a sickness comes up on something, what did Jesus do? He spoke to it. When a devil raised his head, what did Jesus do? He didn't flip out and run the other way. Ah! But what do we do a lot of times when things get hairy? Well, bless God, I guess God in His mysterious wisdom has some plan in all this. That's not my heavenly Father. He is good. He's only good. He's faithful. When God is in something, it's good, and it's always good. When God is not in something, it's killing, stealing, and destroying. Are you with me? So you see Jesus. In the beginning, He was the one doing most of the ministry. Right? Got to the point he was the one that he would speak to them, the demons, and they would leave. He would lay hands upon the sick and they would get healed. He would speak to the storm. Pause for a moment. What are you going to do when a storm raises its head up? Speak to it. You've heard me tell story after story of the times when we're traveling and everything and tornadoes rise up and been flying and stuff like that and taking dominion and authority over those things. And the, I've seen the clouds just do this before. Well, who do you think you are? I'm a son of the living God. That's who I am. You mean you're going to speak to the storm? Well, die. Yeah, I remember I was in this airplane one time and all these guys are freaking out in the storms and we had to get to this one rodeo and they're thinking, oh man, bless the Lord, I don't know what we're going to do. I said, I know what we're going to do. This is my life at stake. I'm not going to sit by and play tiddlywinks thinking it's going to be okay and we have the possibility of dying here. Well, I don't want to offend anybody. Well, die then. I mean, that's just kind of idiotic when you get down to it. We, we don't want to hurt people's feelings. All, but, but what do they say? They're trying to blame God for everything. And God gave who dominion and authority? Us. He wants who to rule and reign? But the body of Christ, have we been ruling and reigning? Have we been walking in dominion in a designated territory? No, because we think God has a mysterious plan. And if it's going to happen, it must be God. And whatever God wants, it's just going to happen. And He's the one that gave us the dominion. He's the one that gave us His name. He's the one that gave us the Spirit of God. He's the one that gave us the blood of Jesus. He's the one that gave us the ability to hear His voice, to be led by His Spirit, and to be directed in every endeavor in life. We are created to have dominion and authority. And it's time for the body of Christ to rise up and take our dominion and authority and be light shining and darkness. Once again, I don't have dominion in your sphere of influence. I have dominion in mine. I don't have authority in your sphere of influence, but I have dominion and authority in mine. Notice how it says that Jesus, He humbled Himself and He carried His obedience all the way to death. The Lord said this to me the other day. He says, Trey, God wants us to rule and reign, but the enemy, think of our culture, how rebellious our culture is. And how Jesus, He obeyed all the way to the point of death, right? He humbled Himself. He ruled. He reigned. And He was obedient. Say obedient. obedient. See, the key to ruling and reigning is reverence. It's respecting the things of God in Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 6. What is he talking about? The husband and wife. He's saying, husbands, you honor and respect the Lord. You love your wife as Christ loves the church. He is saying, wives, you honor and reverence your husbands. Kids, Ephesians chapter 6, kids, you honor and reverence your parents. And then he goes on in Ephesians 6 and he talks about the armor of God. You can't be rebellious and rule and reign at the same time. But in our society, we think we have an opinion about everything. I have a right to say, talk about my president. I have a right to talk about the preachers. I have a right because I'm an American. You don't have a right. If you're a born-again child of God, you have a right to say what God says. You know what your right is? It says you pray for your president. I don't care if you like him or not. That isn't our job. Our job is to pray for him. We can't be rebellious and rule at the same time. Men, how are we doing when it comes to, to authorities, policemen, officers, the, the IRS, the government? Women, how are you doing when it comes to your husband? Well, bless God, you don't know what he does to me. He's a jerk. 
We can't rule and reign and be rebellious at the same time, and we deal with it with our kids all the time. I mean, have you been around any of the kids in the school system? They are smart mouth. And that's the tactic of the enemy because, listen, the devil knew that if he could get Adam to rebel, he would get his dominion and authority. And what happened? He got him to rebel, and he got the dominion and authority, and Adam lost it. We can't be rebellious and rule at the same time. Why do you think God doesn't show up in most churches? Because everybody thinks they have a right. I bless God, if I was me up there preaching, I'd do it another way. Well, it's not you preaching up here, so sit down. Right? <laughs> but do you see how this attitude has been carried over in to the church and it's deflated us of our power because we feel like we have a right to vote about everything? You don't see voting when it comes to the kingdom of God. Right. We can't rule... And, uh, and, and be rebellious at the same time. Let's keep going. See, I'm glad I came. <laughs> Woo! Having fun now. Luke chapter 9. Now, now what we see here, Jesus, he was the one doing the ministry, but it got to a point where there's so many people to reach, so many things to do. Look what happens. Luke chapter 9. We're getting ready to be done. Stick with me here. Finish with me. Luke chapter 9, it says, Then he called his twelve disciples together, and he gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Now I want you to picture this. This is Jesus. He called the twelve disciples together, and he gave them power and authority over some devils, over all, all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? The kingdom it comes from two words. The king's dominion. King's domain. Kingdom. Look at the definition here. It's a government of a king, a sovereign rule of a king over a territory, impacting it with his will, his purpose, his intent, producing culture, value, and morals that represent the king. He says, I give you power and authority over all devils and to cure sicknesses. Now you go and preach. The word preach means to proclaim. It means to live. It doesn't mean you get up here behind a pulpit. It means to live it out. Live what out? The kingdom. That you spend enough time with the king that you know his mind, you know his will, you know what he values, you know what he honors, you know what he respects, and then you go and you live it out upon the earth. He says, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. I give you dominion and authority to be my representative representative upon the earth just like I want things functioning in heaven I want them functioning on the earth but not only did he stop with the twelve let's go on Luke chapter 10 and after these things the Lord appointed seventy others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go verse 9 and to heal the sick there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. So now, not only does he, he give the twelve dominion and authority, now he gives the seventy dominion and authority. Where did this dominion and authority originate? God gave it to Adam. Adam gave it over to Satan. Now Jesus shows back up as a man, just like you and I, anointed by the Spirit of God, and he gives the twelve dominion and authority. Then he gives the seventy dominion and authority. To do what? to take care of all the devils, to take care of all the sickness, to rule and reign. When Jesus was speaking to a storm, He was ruling and reigning. When He was speaking to a sickness, He was ruling and reigning. What is God telling you and I to do? Rule and reign in this life through one man, Jesus Christ. The same way Jesus operated, He wants us to operate. Are you with me? Keep going. Luke chapter 10, verse 17. And the seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in Your name. Verse 19, he says, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you or harm you. In the Amplified, he says, Behold, I have given you authority and power to trample upon serpents and scorpions, physical and mental strength and ability over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall in any way harm you. So he gave the 12 authority and power. He gave the 70 authority and power. Now most seminaries teach that when the apostles died, all of this stuff died along with them. But the 70 weren't the original 12. They were the 70. Matthew chapter 28. 
Now, can you picture Peter, James, and John? I mean, they're sitting here, they're, they're with Jesus, and, and they're people just like us. You know that? I mean, they deal, had the mind just like us. Sometimes we put capes on people that we see in the Bible, but they're people just like we are. And Jesus is healing the sick, and he's casting out devils, and he's commanding the eyes to open and the ears to open. And then he gets James and John and Peter together, and he says, Now you, you go, you go and do what I've been doing. Can't you, Peter, looking at John? Did he just say what I thought he said? Peter said, You go. Uh uh. You go. Uh, I am going. Thomas, you know, doubting Thomas. Ah, I don't believe that. <laughs> you know, because he's doubting. Anyway, some of you will get that later. But, <laughs> but, then, but then they eventually got up the courage to go do what Jesus told them to do. And when they did it the way Jesus showed them to do it, they got the results that Jesus got. He said, I give you dominion and authority over all demons. I give you dominion and authority to heal all sicknesses. I tell you to go and preach the kingdom to reveal my will, my mind, my heart, my motive. And Jesus, when he'd show up and he'd cast the devil out, what would he say? The kingdom of God has come near you. See, Jesus was carrying the kingdom of God on the inside of him. What is the kingdom of God? It's the heart of God. It's the Holy Spirit of God. It's relationship. When Adam sinned in the garden, he didn't lose Baptist. He didn't lose Methodist, he didn't lose Pentecostal, he didn't lose Church of God, he didn't lose non-denominational. He didn't he lost relationship. He lost dominion. He lost authority. He lost the presence of God on the inside of him. So when Jesus came, he came to get the dominion and authority and the presence of God back in mankind. Why? Because we are created to rule and reign in this life through one man Jesus Christ. So Jesus gave their God Gave the dominion and authority to Adam. Adam gave it over to Satan. Jesus shows up as a man free from sin. The righteousness of God showing you and I how to operate. Gives the authority and dominion to the twelve. Gives the authority and dominion to the seventy. Go to Matthew 28. You're doing good. Finish strong. Say, I'm a finisher. Matthew 28. And Jesus came and spake to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Verse 19, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always to the end of the age. So notice here. Jesus gives dominion and authority to the twelve. He gives dominion and authority to the seventy. Then Jesus is crucified. He is buried. He's raised from the dead. And right before he goes to sit at the right hand of the Father where he is right now praying for you and I, he says, I got the keys of death, hell, and the grave. And I got all power and all authority. Where did he get the power and authority? He got it from Satan. When he defeated Satan, when he was buried, he got the dominion and authority, was raised. He says, I got it back. He didn't get it back for himself. He got it back for you and I. He says, I'm leaving. He says, but you go. And in Mark chapter 16, it says, and, and in my name you hang, lay hands upon the sick. And in my name you speak in new tongues. And in my name you cast out devils. And in my name you do this. What was he saying? The same way I lived, you lived. The same way I dealt with devils, you deal with devils. The same way I ruled and reigned, you rule and reign. He didn't get the dominion and authority back for himself. He got it back for you and I because that was God's original intent from the very beginning for us to rule and reign. Adam gave it away. He lost it. Jesus came in the form of man to get it back and he gave it back to you and I. Why? So we could rule and reign in this life through one man, Jesus Christ. Now I want to encourage you to spend some time going back over these scriptures. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. I have dominion and authority. I rule and reign in this life through one man, Jesus Christ. I do. Look at yourself in the mirror and call out your name. Being you rule and reign in this life through one man, Jesus Christ. You have dominion and authority. Say it. I have dominion and authority. I rule and reign in this life. When it comes to your finances, speak to your finances. I rule and reign in Jesus' name. I increase in Jesus' name. Sickness tries to pop its head up. You rule and reign. Well, how would Jesus ask yourself, how would Jesus deal with this? 
How would Jesus deal with this strife? How would Jesus deal with this tension? How would Jesus deal with this problem? How would Jesus... We are designed by Almighty God in His image and in His likeness to rule and reign. It is time for the body of Christ to quit being defeated and for us to rise up and be the warriors and winners that we are designed to be. Amen? I want to pray over you. Father, I just thank you so much for your faithfulness. And I declare that there's just a, a hunger and a passion and just a desire rising up on the inside of each and every one of us to rule and reign. Father, all the, the areas of business that these people are called to, I declare that there's a spirit of, of ruling and reigning that rises up on the inside of them. They begin to think like rulers. They begin to think like reigners. They begin to think like people that walk in dominion and authority. That we are good examples of you, Father. We represent your heartbeat and your mind and your will and your emotions that your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I just speak to any malfunctions in bodies right now, things that are out of alignment, stomachs that are out of alignment. You come into alignment right now in the name of Jesus. Chest muscles that, are, that have been tensing up or are problems in the chest area, I speak to you right now and I tell you to be peaceful and calm and pain you dissipate in the name of Jesus. I speak to tumors right now, you dissipate and you go in the name of Jesus. I speak to families that are, are being tormented right now and there's strife and division. I take dominion and authority over the demonic spirit to sign, to bring division in that family. You be gone in Jesus' name. And I declare peace over that family. Peace over their mind. Peace over their heart. Peace over their, over their life. Father, I declare that the body of Christ, we rise up and we rule and we reign. We rule and we reign in every area of life. We rule and we reign. Even while we're asleep, Holy Spirit, recall this to our mind. We rule and we reign. We wake up in the morning declaring, I rule and reign today in this life through one man, Jesus Christ. Show, show us, Father, the areas, the territory that we're called to. And I declare that we start walking in, in dominion and authority and that your blessing is manifest, that the anointing of God to get wealth is manifest on all the people watching, all the people that are here listening. That Father, they rise up and they, they take dominion and authority over those designated territories. And Father, we just give you all the honor and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.